0: All right, welcome to the Next Level Leader podcast, episode 11. And today we're continuing the series where I'm turning over the mic and we're going to bring on guest hosts. And I can't wait for you to meet our guest host today. AJ Rucker is a guy who I've done a lot of work with, a lot of leadership with, and a lot of ministry with. We have been to war with each other, AJ, and we got a lot of good stories, a lot of good memories together. You've seen me at my best, you've seen me at my worst. And you've been a big supporter of what I've been doing for a long time, so if you're listening and you don't have big cheerleaders in your corner, like I have AJ in mine, you need to find some people, okay? Because AJ's doing some stuff, I'm doing some stuff, and we love to support each other. So I pray that you have people like that in your life as well, but AJ, welcome to the Next Level Leader Podcast, man. I'm glad you're here today.
1: Hey, I'm excited to be here. Love, love what you're doing, man, and like Jeff said, Man, I, I'm in this corner 100. percent So I, I'm excited. I'm honored to be on this today. And uh, man, I just hope that uh, you know that the people watching, listening um, to this, not only get something out of it, but they receive something that changes the way they think, lead, and act. Even so, yeah, um, I'm excited, man.
0: Awesome, man. Well, today I'm going to give you the mic. You're going to be the host. I've got my new book coming out this week. It's just a couple of days really old at this point, and it'll be about a week old when this thing airs, but I'm really excited about the impact it can make in people's lives. So, AJ, I've got the chance to lead with you, to lead beside you, and for a season to lead you, that was an honor. So you've got the mic open floor. Any questions you have about the book, about leadership, you tell us where we're going today.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, guys, welcome to the Next Level Leader Podcast. I'm the host today, (laughs) Mr. A.J. Rucker. Um, Jeff is no longer the host of this. I will be taking over for the eternity. So if you like this and you like me,
0: join. Uh, Hit that subscribe button. You you got A.J. now.
1: (laughs) I'm just kidding. But hey, guys, so, Jeff, I'm I'm not even going to waste any time. Um, A big, big question I have is I remember working and like literally having nights where we would have worship, we would have like a student night. Um, we would do something together and you would just be like, dude, I've got to finish this book. And yeah, I remember, I remember this like countless amount of times saying, man, you know what, today I think I'm going to go home and work on the book. And then I'd be like, Jeff, did you work on the book? Uh, I think I'm gonna work on the book tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in that pro- In that process though, What do you feel like you, what do you feel like you, where, what area do you feel like you grew in the most? But also where do you wish you would have taken more strides then? Yeah.
0: Well, like the first section of the book, AJ, it's actually the inner drive section. And, you know, I got started on the book hot, right? But I stalled, I stalled for about a year where I just kept tinkering or I was tired or there's other stuff going on. And I wish that I could have been a better finisher early in this book, and that this book could have been out earlier, because finishing is one of the parts of the drive section that I just struggled with, because any part of a project that's worthwhile, you're going to get to a point where you're just like, hey, this sucks, and I don't want to do it anymore, and man, there were just times where I was like, hey, I'm leading a family, I'm trying to lead a really big ministry at the time, I'm trying to, you know, do a second job with consulting, and it was like, hey, where's the time to finish this book? Plus there was a struggle where I wanted to make it perfect because I struggle, you know, with perfection and, but it ended up working out because this book is actually better for the time we're in now coming out of a pandemic and trying to figure out what's next than it would have been before. But I've learned a ton about finishing and have actually, you know, I'm working on the next book already. I have got the third book outlined and ready to go. And recently, man, I did a course that is called blank page from published in 365 days. And i Yeah, I took what took me four years and $30,000 to learn. And I said, hey, I'm going to help other people get their book out in a year. And I'm going to start cranking one out every year. So I think finishing, like really grinding through the hard parts and putting a deadline on stuff and having a good process, I think that's where I grew the most. And, dude, I just want to help other people write books so much easier that I wrote this one. And I want all of the rest of them to be easier than this one, man. It It was tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, man, I I just can remember days, man. Like I was like, man, this dude, he really wants to write this book, but I feel like there's no time uh, or he feels like he may not have the time in this season, but I'm excited to see that it's out, man. And I'm actually buying my book uh, tomorrow. So I can't wait. I'm ready to dive into it, man. Cause I know there were some things that we walked through together even before then. And I'm, I'm wondering like, how much of this do I know is in here? So yeah, I can't wait for that. But you talked about, you talked a little bit about finishing. So where did the, where did the inspiration for this book come from? Let's talk about the beginning. Yeah. So from, from four years ago, what inspired Jeff to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do in this season.
0: Well, the inspiration before I knew it was supposed to be a book, the inspiration actually came like, gosh, five and a half, almost six years ago. But The cool part, AJ, before I get into that, is that you were one of the first people who I tried the assessment on, and I said, okay, I think I've got something here. I think I've got something that works, but let me see if it works in real life, and uh, I wanted to know that with you because I was your lead developer at the time, and I remember having a conversation with you where you took the Next Level Leader assessment, the 360. We had other people who you led and, and who you led with kind of pour into it, and it said, hey... You're in one place, but you could jump multiple levels. Like you were what we would call now a developing leader. And I remember the conversation. I said, AJ, you have the ability to be an elite leader in a year. Like you're trying to be good at everything right now. But if you just really buckle down and get intentional about the right things and grow in the right things, you are almost there. And that's what the assessment does. It takes places where you're so close and moves you along and man it, it took you like I think you took three promotions over the next couple of years and it really I got to watch you and that was when I knew hey this thing works in the real world and I started taking it to other churches started taking it to other businesses and trying it at the large scale because I saw you just start you know to, to focus on a couple of different things and it led Uh, to what was already inside of you coming out, right? And it was funny, the assessment pulled out what was already inside of you. But what it did, man, we worked at the same church together, Faith Promise, in in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was a top 100 church in the country, right? Really big place. We worked in the student ministry, and the campus I was at saw about a 1,000 people a month, 500 people a week, hundreds of volunteers, which the hardest people in the world to lead, you know, is volunteers because you don't have a paycheck to threaten them with. You don't have goals. You don't have all those sort of things and you have to lead through influence. And I remember AJ, before we met in 2015, I got to Faith Promise and I just thought, you know what? It's just a matter of time before they realize I don't know what I'm doing because I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never led anything this big and I went from leading a ministry of about a hundred to, you know, something that was five to 10 times that overnight. And it was out of that. That was when I said, I've got to learn everything that I can from anybody that I can. And I just started calling people across the country. I would call leaders that shouldn't have talked to me and said, hey, can I get 30 minutes? Can I get 15 minutes? Can I get an hour? I need to know what separates average leaders from those who somehow go to the next level. And I need to know, because I want to get the most out of myself, and I knew I could do it, AJ. I knew I could do it, but I also knew I wasn't equipped to do it yet. I knew there was something missing. So, man, I spent about a year, a year and a half, two years on that journey, and then it transformed my leadership. People started pegging me for future promotions. I started working uh, with consulting across the country, and I realized, hey, I don't want to hold this to myself. I want, I, I want to let other people know what I found because every leader across the country that I asked that question of, and I asked hundreds of great leaders that question, what separates average leaders from those who go to the next level? And AJ, they all roughly said the same 15 things, man. They just kept repeating the same stuff. So I compiled those things. I took the research even more intentionally to get farther. And so I, I said, I got to get this out to other people. So the inspiration, when you asked about that, the inspiration for this book was really a moment of, holy crap, I'm not good enough. I'm not who I need to be as a leader yet, right? And as I saw it make an impact in my own life, I did what I always try to do, AJ, which is I don't want to ever hold anything to myself. I want to share everything I've learned because at the end of the day, my legacy is people like you. My legacy is people who read my book. My legacy or the churches and businesses that I work with, my legacy is who I can help become great, not how great my name becomes, right? So that's really where the book came from.
1: Right, I love that, man. That's strong. That's strong right there. If that gives anybody any reason to read the book, this is just like, this. you know, like when you start the cake, man, this ain't even the sugar, man. That's just the flour. (laughs) Like you just, this is just the beginning. This is just the utensil. So, um a, a little a veering a little bit away from the book, I've been have I've had this question on my heart. I was like, man, I'm 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 definitely gonna ask, ask Jeff this. Yeah. Um, what do you say? And there's actually a book about this, but in your perspective, what do you say to a young leader? Not even a young leader, maybe just a, a leader. What do you say to a leader who is actually leading individuals who may be much older than them? Yeah. Or vice versa, what do you say to a leader who is older, but is leading people way, way younger yeah. than them? What do you say? I know that there's there's not a huge difference, and there's a difference in the way you have to lead, but there's not a difference yeah. in the personality you have to use and the, the influence and the value that you have. So kind of break mm-hmm. that down. What do you see in that area? How do you do this? How do you do it yeah. well?
0: Well, you know, AJ, I've got to lead a lot of people who are younger than me, and I've got to lead up to a lot of people who are older than me. And here's the weird thing I found about leadership, okay? I spent the first 30 years of my life feeling like I was too young, being told I was was too young, right? I couldn't lead the way I wanted to or had the influence I wanted to have because I was too young. Now I'm 35, and I've spent the last couple years with some people who would say things like, I don't know, maybe you're too old to try that project, right? And I'm trying to figure out when was I just right? Like, when was that? when was was that when that perfect time? So for people who are listening, you're always going to feel like you were too old or too young for something in your life. There's always gonna be an obstacle. Uh, man, I, like I'm leading people who are older than me. I'm leading people who are younger than me. That's just part of it. part of the leadership gig. And I mean, some of the volunteers that I had to lead when we were leading together, they were no you know you know in their 40s and their 50s. They were people at the top of their field, AJ. They were nationally known. They were better leaders than me. Hands down. They were better leaders than me. And there were times even with you, man, where I looked at your assessment and thought, and I think I actually told you this that day, but if I didn't, I'm going to tell you now. I remember thinking, AJ is a better leader than me. He just doesn't know it yet. But my job as a leader is to help him see it. My job as a leader is to help people walk in that, right? Uh, it's to find what's inside of you already. And so I think there are a couple of things that you need and they're not really technique, they're attitude, if that makes sense, okay? Like a lot of leadership is technique and science and I think this is more of an art and attitude, but it starts with your approach. Am I leading this person to do something for me, right? To get to the bottom line or to finish a project or to make me look good? Or am I leading this person to become their very best? the absolute best version of themselves. And if my job as a leader is to help the people who are put in my care, right? To become their best selves, then it's easy for me to look at somebody like you and go, "Hey, I think AJ can become a better leader than me" and not get insecure about it. Because my job as a leader is to get the most out of you. My job is not to be the smartest or to be the best. It's for you to leave the time that I had to lead you and go, "Hey, I'm better because of Jeff." And and Jeff wanted my best. He wasn't selfish, right? So that's the first approach. And those leaders, man, I was talking about like you know, doctors and literal scientists. I think some of those leaders that I got to lead, uh, man, over the years, they had no reason to listen to me other than this. They really did believe and saw in action that Jeff wants what's best for me. Jeff cares for me. He's trying to get the best out of me. So even when we had tough conversations, they never felt like it was about me because, man, if it was about me trying to make Jeff's kingdom great, they would have bailed on me a long, long time ago. So I think the first part is just attitude. And then the second part, man, it's kind of attitude as well, but it's asking more questions and listening versus just trying to give orders. There's a misnomer. There's this bad idea in leadership today that the leader needs to know all the answers. And there are even some leaders... Um, in the book that I wrote about, you know, the, the reason why I wrote about them being so great, right? Was not because they knew all the answers. Some of the leaders I wrote about with the most honor and reverence sat behind closed doors. And they said, you know what? At times, Jeff, you're a better leader than me. You're smarter than I am on this subject, right? But they didn't care. What they said was, Hey, I need you. Can you help? They realized they didn't need to know the most. They didn't need to know the most in the room. They didn't need to be the smartest in the room. They just needed to know where we were going and they needed to know who the right people were to get there. And that's what I wanted to take away too. Rarely am I the smartest person who walks into a room when I'm doing business consulting, church consulting. You know, I walk into some organizations, man, where there's three, four, 500 employees. And when I walk in, I am not the smartest person in any room. What I am though, is I'm the person who can ask the right questions and find the answers they already have. And well, that's what we want to do as a leader, I think. Most of the time, I'm not the best person to do it. The reason why I'm the leader is because I find the best people to do it. I can ask questions. And so really, it all comes back down to that. This is the first thing that we talked about. If I'm leading, if it's about me, I can only lead people who are kind of within this circle of real influence around me or I'm gonna leak influence. But if it's about you, if leading is about the people that I lead and helping them become their best, now I think it becomes easy. It becomes easy to lead people who are older than you or who are younger than you, who are better than you, who are smarter than you, who are farther ahead than you, it doesn't matter. Because if a leader is, is looking for people who they can say, hey, I wanna make it easy for you, I wanna remove obstacles for you, I I, want to give you what you need. If a leader's trying to do that and they really care, right? Then if you do those things, people are going to follow you. And if there's one thing that I could say to leaders out there today, it would be this. The people in your organization, the people in your business, the people on your team, they know what needs to be done to fix the problems you're having right now. I promise. But you have to ask them. And if you're really trying to figure it out on your own, They're not going to tell you. They're going to watch it crash and burn. But if you will ask the people, they know the answers. So go ahead, ask them, and they're going to tell you some secrets that you're going to wish they had told you a really long time ago.
1: Man, that's so true. So true. That's good. Well, I mean, so let's talk a little bit about this. You and I both, like Jeff, like you mentioned, worked together um, in ministry specifically. Um, Since then, we've both kind of stepped out um, of our ministry roles. You know, yeah. we're still doing our what, what God's called us to do as far as ministry specific, but we've kind of stepped out of those roles and began um, new chapters. So in that, um, kind of talk about what is pushing you today? What is yeah. motivating you? Um, what's inspiring you? Because I think in ministry we have a we can it's we can easily say oh it, it's knowing that god's about to do something big or yeah. we still believe that right now but we have something easy to fall back on when it's what we're doing full time and so yeah. now in this season what's pushing you what's motivating you what's what's what what honestly how much time have you gotten back you know mm-hmm. um, what what does life look like right now
0: well you know i left the church to go full time into my own business back in january so I actually told someone yesterday uh, and just kind of said the joke. I said, we're in a better place. My family's in a better spot. We're healthier. We're more excited. We're more motivated. Everything is up and to the right except for finances. And, you know, that part's a little shaky because uh, it's a new business and leaving an established field where I was up there, where I had real experience and influence. But even those things are getting better. And, man, what I look at is this. I keep having people ask me the question. I had a friend who's in marketing, and they just asked this question not too long ago. They said, Jeff, why did you leave a job? Why did you leave a good, comfortable, paying job in the middle of a pandemic? And I said, you know, you're the reason. You, you're the reason why I left. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I believe that the answer to almost all the problems we have today, and and AJ, think about them, dude, stuff that we've seen in the last year, like a global pandemic. Never in my life did I think I would be a part of a global pandemic. Mass shutdowns, racial injustice on a crazy scale. And then the response to that, man, there's just been all these things. There's been poisonous politics like I've never seen. I've never seen the political climate so poisonous. There's so much divisiveness, so much arguing. The only answer to those things is leadership. Like I I believe coming from the ministry side, because you and I did ministry together for so long, You know, I believe that God has already put in us. He's already put the people who are on the planet, and he's put inside of them what they need to go to the next level, what we need to go to the next level. He's put in in us and on this planet already what we need to come out of this pandemic and this racial divisiveness and to find healing. But so many people, AJ, they don't know what's in them, and they don't know how to release it. They don't know how to pursue that passion. They're just... Doing a job, you know, whether whether it's a leader or not, they're just doing a job. And I think about the first chapter again, it's inner drive. And the first thing I talk about is a hunger, which is really just passion. It's what drives you. What's that passion that drives you? And for me, man, I just really feel like this in the church, I was serving God's people. And I really just felt like one day, kind of late in the fall, that God said this to me, Hey, Jeff, I want you to serve the people of my church outside of the institution of the church, right? So all I did was pivot and said, okay, instead of working on services and worship services and events, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to work on everything I can to unleash Christian leaders everywhere they are to be the best they can be in their local communities, because that's the answer. So right now, and you may be familiar with this, um, but you know, cause AJ, you lived in Knoxville for a long time, but you're in Memphis now. Uh, but in the Knoxville area, there's been, I think, five recent episodes of violence with teenagers in our city, in uh, the Austin East area, and it's been breaking my heart because it's it, it man, it's just one thing after another. It's it's young lives lost that shouldn't be lost to gun violence, and so I started asking the question, what can I do with what I have? Well, I'm a consultant, I'm a coach, I have a leadership book, I have a leadership approach, right? But I also have 17 years of experience working with teenagers and. 17 years of experience working with local schools and local governments, both as a pastor and a consultant, right? So I just contacted the vice mayor last week and I said, Hey, I want to use what I have uh, to help where I can to change my city. And I believe if we had a leadership development mentorship program, that it would change it. So I want to go in right with what I have. And what's really driving me in the season is the more problems that I see I see more problems I've ever seen, but I don't think that, that any of it's really caused by anything other than a lack of leadership. I'm seeing people that I love argue with one another and be so divisive, but the only answer is better leadership. And it's not for one or for two people. It's not just for me to lead well. It's to unleash the greatness that is inside of you and me and everybody that we rub shoulders with every single day. So everything I do now, everything I do, what's pushing me is I want to unleash as many next level leaders on this planet as I can. And when I die, what I'm going to be known for is the people that I unleash to greatness that change the world. I want to be known for the fact that the world is different, not because of me, but because I helped people to see what was inside of them and I helped them to see what they could do.
1: You know that's big man because i it is true there who would have thought a year ago i mean i'm even going back then that literally coming up in a week it would be the beginning of what we would now what we call yeah. the pa- the global pandemic of covid-19 and seeing not only how far we've come but still how much more we have to do that's right um not only with the pandemic itself but the social injustice and the races, the racism the division mm-hmm. um that not only our state and our cities are seeing, but just the entire world. That's right. Um, It has been, and I think that a lot of people are growing knowledge. I believe that on both ends, all ends of the spectrum, all ethnicities are now growing more knowledge and seeing that um, is it actually division? Yes, but let's just have a conversation. That's right. And I think that as we talk and we grow more in that aspect of it, um, a lot of it is overcompensation and Everybody just needs to see it from the eyes of each other. And I think we got a long way to go. I think Mm -hmm. that at least that it's being talked about is, is very, very, very great. And and it helps me, um, and it helps me believe and and honestly know that the future is bright and something's coming, um, for, for us as a people of of America and the world.
0: Yeah. And that's not just how we find healing AJ. That's a huge part of leadership though. If you can, get good at the art of putting yourself in someone else's shoes and empathizing with their situation, their view of life, then you can lead anybody. Right. But most of us, man, we're, we're just so stuck in our own way of seeing things that it's hard to empathize with other people. So empathy is just, it's kind of the word of the day for me right now.
1: 100%. 100%. Well, I've got a couple more for you. Um, sure. Thinking, thinking on not only the book, but just life. Um, what, what do you what do you say to a leader who may have been told, hey, you're, I just don't think that you're ready for this next thing? Um, what do yeah. you say to someone that may have a little bit of doubt because of an influence from someone um, who is maybe negative towards their leadership?
0: Yeah. Well, I think you've got to decide first how much truth is in there, right? Because, you know, so one of the first things is if you're not ready... And you look at it and you say, hey, they're right. Maybe I'm not ready. You know, maybe they, they said it in an honoring way. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they said it in a negative way. But don't attach someone else's belief to your self-belief. Don't attach their negativity to your self-belief. So, but here's the truth. If there's truth to it and you're not ready, then I think you have to say as a young leader or even as a middle-aged leader or a leader who's trying to take that, that next step, if I'm not ready, then I have to get ready, right? So what's that first thing? Right? Are, are they right when they said I wasn't ready? Were they right? And if they're right, I've got to do whatever it takes to get ready. That part's on me. I can't control the opportunities that I get. I can't control who pays me and who contracts me. I can't control who's behind my book, right? But what I can control is I can control how I react to it, and I can control whether or not I'm ready. You can't control whether you get that next promotion, but you can control whether you're ready for the promotion. So. That's the first thing is I always want to ask when I get criticism, hey, whether I believe that person or not, was there any truth to it? And what do I need to do with that truth? That's the first thing. But unfortunately, a lot of times there's just a little bit of truth and then a whole lot of shrapnel that comes with it, right? So maybe it's not, hey, it's that you're not ready. Maybe it's that you're a couple of steps away and people don't see you as ready yet. You know, maybe you're ready and someone else's insecurity or negativity may be getting in the way. Or maybe you're ready, but your leader thinks you need to be like them to be ready. And most of us as leaders, AJ, one of the biggest problems I see in leadership today is that we're trying to lead people to become clones of us. Because that's what worked for us, and we're assuming that's what works for everybody. And I've never met another leader who's wired like me. So if I'm trying to make a bunch of clones of Jeff... I'm just gonna make a bunch of jacked up people. I'm jacked up enough, and I've spent 35 years in this skin, right? So I don't wanna make other Jeffs. I wanna find what's special about AJ, and I wanna lead you the way that you need to be led to get where you need to go. So maybe the negativity came from a leader who said, hey, you're not ready because you don't look like me yet, which is super poor leadership, right? So the first thing you gotta say is what truth is there to it? Now, and then what I need to do with that Do I need to get ready? But the second thing is you have to surround yourself with people, AJ, who are going to tell you the truth and believe in you. You cannot let that negativity attach itself to you if it's not true, okay? We have people around us who are going to tell us the truth. We need that. And I know if I call you, AJ, and I'm talking to you about something and I say, hey, you know, they said I wasn't ready. What do you think? I know you're going to tell me the truth. You're going to tell me if you think I wasn't ready. But you're also going to say, hey, man, but, but you can get ready. Let me tell you how, right? In six months, you're going to blow them away. But you're also part of the group of people, man. And I've got a big group of people in my life who would just say, Jeff, that's, that's just not true, right? What they said is not true. And honestly, over the last you know 10 years, I've let leaders who had no business speaking into my life um, about things like who I am on the inside, And they were able to label me and put things on me that held me back. And what I've realized, and what I've realized, I was even talking about this on a podcast the other day. And the guy was asking me how I believe in myself so much. And I told him this I said, I actually don't believe in myself very much at all. I believe in myself less than probably anybody on the planet because I know all my warts, I know all my problems. And and man, I face huge imposter syndrome every single day because I know the worst parts of me. But what I've realized, is there's a whole lot of people who do believe in me. And the evidence says I should believe in myself. So what I've done is I've surrounded myself with good people. And then I say, okay, what would it look like to live the day as if what they believe about me is true, right? It's the imposter syndrome just goes away when you do that. The questions I have about myself, they haven't went away, but I can look at it and say, hey, the stuff that sometimes I think about myself doesn't match the evidence, right? The way I talk to myself, uh, I, man, it, it doesn't match the evidence if I talk to other people the way I talk to myself I wouldn't have any friends right so I would say to, to the leader find people who are going to be truthful with you and find people who are going to believe in you and then start asking yourself the question okay if this one person said I'm not ready but most people are saying I am then what would it look like to live and lead as if that was true as if I were ready because here's the deal If that leader is wrong and they're telling you that you're not ready, uh, another leader from another company or another church is going to pluck you up soon and say, hey, it's time to come do this, right? That person isn't the only person who has control of you, but you've got to be ready. So what does it look like to, to live like what the people around me say is true? The ones that I can trust and where are the ones that you can't trust? What good can you take out of that and the things that they're saying? Find the good that you can take out of it and then flush the rest down the toilet.
1: Yeah, man. And that's it's it's funny that you say that because that's a season that you actually helped me in. And you know, it it was it was a lot of external voices, and I'm just like, yo, Hmm. what? I, I know what I've been purposed to do, and I know the people who have told me otherwise. And I think that when I took that assessment, that's what let me know that the noise I was hearing was void. It was just like, that's noise. That's exactly what it is. And that helped me realign not only my confidence, but my security knowing that, Hey, I know that I'm ready for this next season. And and I think God blessed it in that season. I was, I was thankful. And I thank you still to this day for that, those literally, I'm sitting here taking this assessment. I'm like, dude, why he got me doing this? I'm like, I don't want to do this, but now looking back, I'm like, I'm thankful I did this and I can't wait for more people to take this and experience it because it does change the way, not only the way you think, but the way you perform in different areas.
0: That's
1: Um, it's focusing on that. Like what's the next biggest thing I can focus on to take me to that next level in this area, these other areas we can, we're going to get to those, but what's that next, what's that next thing I can focus on now. So
0: well, and um, we don't want to focus on the thing that's going to take us 10 years to make better when there's something exactly. that will take us, you know, 2 months to make better, right? Exactly. Why not start with the easiest thing? Why not start with the thing that's going to pay the dividends? So
1: I I have two more questions. Sure. This one I I I really want to I want to hear what you have to say on this. Um I know this, you're a 3.
0: Yep, Enneagram so, 3.
1: <laughs> you are an Enneagram 3. If you do not know what that is, you all need to take the test or just go look up what well, all the numbers are. And so my wife thinks I have mistyped multiple times. Um, I, my, my, my recent test still reads that I'm a two wing one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say that to say this, <clears throat> how do you not, not as a three, but just how do you, and what do you say to someone? How do you handle taking uh, constructive criticism rather than taking something personal? Yeah. In, in that, in that realm, you know, I struggled, I, and I say struggled. I think I still do sometimes. Um, but it has definitely, I've definitely kind of grown out of that season understanding yeah. that people are just here to help me level up. Mm-hmm. But how do you, how do you decipher the two? How do you handle, okay, am I going to take this one personal or was yeah. he just trying to help me or she just trying to help me? How, how, what do you, how do you handle yeah. that situation?
0: <laughs> well, It was hard, you know, because Enneagram 3's constructive criticism, criticism of any kind, is uh, not usually super well received. But when I hear the phrase constructive criticism, I always think, you know, it's still criticism and and it still stings, right? But just speaking about the Enneagram, because I talk about that in the book, and I'll say, hey, this book's not just about my assessment. I believe everybody should take the Enneagram too, because you need to know who you are on the inside. But, man, I I mistype all the time. I'm with you. I miss type as a one and when I take tests, pretty much all the tests I've ever taken literally tie me as a one and a three. But if you read Ian Morgan Crohn's book The Road back to You, when you read the chapter of the one that you are, if you're anything like me, you're gonna feel like someone just disrobed you, okay? You're gonna feel a little bit of shame a little bit uh, a little bit like you're just you know naked right there reading the book, okay? I literally cried when I read the three. And I was like, okay, this is it. Because AJ, I wanted to be a one. I liked that chapter. I read about the three and it opened up all sorts of stuff inside of me. So if you haven't read the book, I would really encourage you to read that one, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crum. But I also went through a process the last couple of years of getting really healthy. And I saw a counselor. I think every leader should see a counselor, but I saw a counselor proactively. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong other than the fact I realized that there was stuff in me holding me back and I wasn't leading at the level that I could be, okay? So one of the things I learned from that process, though, man, is just to try to never take it personal, right? So when someone says something negative you know, or they give you that constructive criticism, either they're trying to make you better or they're trying to hurt you. And the elephant in the room has to be talked about, right? But I just want to receive it and believe that that criticism that that I'm getting, I want to try to believe and start from a place of they're trying to make me better. And even if I believe they're trying to hurt me, can it make it better, right? Can it make me better, that constructive criticism? So I want to take that, and my assumption with criticism now is, okay, that person's trying to help me because they believe in me. Thank you so much for believing in me. And that makes me want to take it, by simply saying that in my mind, it makes me want to receive the criticism and turn around to see what's there. But the other thing that I do, because man, like you and I, we we led at a conference together for a couple of years. This is a great example. And uh, you know, we led a conference for over a thousand people downtown Knoxville. And I remember the last year that I did that conference, I came off the stage, and as I came off the stage, um, as the director of the conference, which I thought was funny, I, I got approached by two people. I got approached by my boss. I got approached by someone else, pretty high up in our organization. And the first things they said to me in two separate conversations within five minutes of each other and within five minutes of walking off stage was, how do you think that went? With a negative inflection, right? How do you think that went? And I had just given a keynote that I thought went really well. And I remember being deflated, hearing both of those things. And, and man, that was one of the last times I remember taking criticism really, really personally. I went back to the hotel and I thought, you know, I had questions like, am I cut out to do this? You know, they're both really asking me the same question. And and even though they're asking it, they're questioning things deeper. They're questioning things that were planned, you know, far in advance. They're they're questioning how I performed, right? That's how I felt. And that was, man, I, I really struggled with it. I woke up the next morning, really struggling with it. And I just made the decision that day and I haven't looked back. You know what? That criticism, as soon as I came off the stage, without even asking any questions about why. Um, I made some of the decisions that, that I did, right? It says more about them than it says about me. And here's the deal. I love both of them. I love both of those people, but they've got their own stresses. They've got their own things going on. They've got stuff that I don't even know what happened to them that day that maybe caused them to say it that way or to do those things. So is there stuff I can learn from it? Yes. And I'm going to take that. But the other stuff, man, what I've started doing is, is and I'm not trying to be mean, but If I think someone's trying to be negative and they're just trying to hurt me, that says more about them than it says about me. So either they're trying to help me or I feel sad for them because they're trying to hurt me and really they're just not healthy. They're not in a healthy place. So a lot of times I don't know what that is. I don't actually know where a person's coming from, but in both places, it's the same heart of, you know, asking myself, what can I learn from this? And then asking, how can I serve this person better? But AJ, if they keep doing it, right, if they keep with the negativity, the same person keeps doing it and you find yourself, uh, you know, really saying, hey, how can I help them constantly? I feel sorry for them. They're just always trying to constantly be negative. Well, at that point, the best thing that you can do to help them and to help you is to say, you know what, I'm here for you in an emergency, but you don't get to speak into my life anymore. And over the past year, I've had to remove some people who had influence in my life. I've had to remove that influence because it was negative every time. And if it's negative every time that they talk to you, you got to say, hey, I love you. But until you can get positive, you can't be in my life. Because if you keep saying negative things like that, and you keep listening to all the negative that they're going to say, you're never going to go anywhere.
1: Man, I love that. Somebody needed to hear that one today. Sometimes you have to remove people if it's, if the criticism they give is negative all the time. Wow. That's good, man. I'm going to tell you something. That's good. Oh man. Well, look, Jeff, I want to end on this question. Sure. um, Because I think it's a pivotal moment. um, And I think that this is going to, this will really, really help those people who are on the edge about, am I going to purchase the next level leader? Mm-hmm. So what do you say to those people who are on the edge and that they, they're like, man, all, all the stuff I'm seeing about it, it feels good. It looks good. What do yeah. you say to that person to push them over the edge to, to purchase this book?
0: Yeah, man. And I would say it's really simple. It's 17 99 for the book on Amazon. And if I told you, if I guaranteed that a $17 99 cent investment in yourself could change your life, your leadership could change your family, your job, your work and your community forever, you would go do it, right? And the biggest thing I can tell you is this, I believe that's the truth for you. And the reason I believe it's the truth for you is because I believe this approach to leadership development, it changed me forever, right? And AJ, you've talked about it already today. I think the people could hear it. This approach to leadership development, it changed you forever too, dude. You're living in a whole different stratosphere now because this book is gonna unlock something In you. And time and time again across the country, I've seen this happen to hundreds of people. I've seen it happen thousands of times. So I would say this, invest in yourself. Invest under $20 in yourself. And if you'll put in the work and if you'll put in the time, I promise you that it'll change your life like few things ever will. That's so good, man. And if not, contact me and I'll give you your money back. How about
1: that? (laughs) Yes, man. And I'm telling you guys, I, I... I. just that something under twenty dollars that will truly change you um from the inside out in the way you think i think that leadership sometimes is just the way you think that's right you can think more positively not only about what you're doing but about yourself this book right here i promise you and i haven't read a page but i know i just know some things that i just feel deep in my in my soul that are in this book that I have heard Jeff speak to me about and it's just a changing of the way you yeah. think and changing the way you speak to people um, that will definitely grow your influence so investing yourself investing yourself this book I can't wait I can't wait to read it
0: awesome man well AJ dude thank you and uh, man when you read the book you're gonna see some familiar stuff because you've lived out more of this than you know and I'll say this brother there are levels that you haven't even tapped into yet so Thank you so much for hosting today, for doing this. And man, even though we had some technical difficulties on the front end, dude, I just appreciate your time so much. And for those of you that don't know, uh, AJ, they're they're listening and they don't know who you are. AJ is an incredible musician. Him and his wife are uh, part of a group called the Ruckers. They're putting out a brand new album soon. Tons of good stuff going on. You're working to start a new church plant in the Memphis area. You're we're going to help sell houses. You're doing a lot of stuff right now. So AJ, tell the Next Level Leader listeners how they can follow you and how they can support you, how they can stay in touch with you after this episode.
1: Yeah, well, just like Jeff said, my wife and I um, have felt a pull for a season to just release um, what it is that God wanted us to do. And yeah. um, just like Jeff said, we're pastors. We we, we lead worship. Um, and so we started working on our first record and it's called Even Better. Um, It'll be, hopefully, fingers crossed, our target date is actually um, in September, September 10th, Um, and so we've been knee-deep in recording, but you can follow us Instagram, um, v.ruckers, very simple. Um, Facebook, you can literally type in the ruckers, you'll see a, a beautiful picture of myself and my wife um you'll see that you can follow us there we actually have one song out right now called all it's incredible story we could tell you the whole story about how this song came to be but we'll just wait maybe it's another episode um but the song is out itunes apple music um, spotify everywhere you can listen to music title amazon music um type in all and then the ruckers um and you can grab that there um we're actually in the middle of Um, not only planning a church, but we also started a GoFundMe to help support the record. Um, We're doing the record regardless of not whether the dollar signs come in or not. We just wanted, we wanted to partner with people because we knew that there would be people who not only wanted to invest in this, but wanted to be along the journey. Um, And so um, we're thankful for that. That's going well. But then Oak City Church. So Oak City is a, multicultural, multi-ethnic community here in Memphis, Tennessee, Um, and we actually launched in September, so we are now seven months away. Wow, crazy.
0: Just put everything in September, AJ. That sounds like a great idea.
1: September's a good month, okay? So, um, but yeah, Oak City Church, and we just believe that that this church would not only be a hub of hope for the community, but that it would be a place where we help build people who discover their purpose to impact change and not just any change, but life change. And so, um, the vision is, is there, it's laid out. Thankful for our lead pastors who have casted such a compelling vision and, uh, we're growing. The launch team is growing and man, it is just crazy to be a part of something like this. Never thought that I would see, um, literally a church birth from nothing into 10 people to 20 and then whatever God wants to do and how he's going to continue to bless us. So,
0: Wow, man, that is so awesome. Um, I'm going to link everything in the show description where people can go to uh, get all the single, where they can get the album, where they can connect to the GoFundMe campaign for recording the album. I'm going to link all that in the show description for you guys. So regardless of who you are, go get this album, go get the song, all is incredible. And I would really love at some point, we're going to have to actually just do an episode where we talk about how that came about. It's so good. Uh, But I've also got to get your lead pastor, Jason Stubbs, on the podcast. He is a phenomenal leader. But no matter who you are, uh, go ahead and get that song. And if you want to invest in AJ and Jacqueline in this music project, you can get to the GoFundMe. But also, if you're in the Memphis area, if you're in the Memphis area and you call yourself a Christ follower, go check out Oak City Church. And AJ, what's the website?
1: It is myoakcity.org.
0: And all that, of course, is linked in the show description, but go check it out. AJ, dude, I love you. Thank you so much for the interview today. Great, great questions. And bro, you're an example of what it looks like to level up your leadership again and again and again. I'm so proud to call you friend, man. I'm proud of the time we got to lead together. So thanks for being here today
1: absolutely y'all go get the book go get it I can't wait to read it y'all love this man and uh, just thank you for having me today Jeff